Emergency edition of the Shamrock. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Matt Fortuna. Neither of us are located in ACC states. Uh, I'm supposed to be on vacation in Michigan, so I'm not sure we're even allowed to record this podcast by ACC rules, Matt. But uh, how are you doing? What uh, what's your reaction to Notre Dame's new uh, full conference schedule? Yeah, we're doing it via Zoom, so I think we're in the clear here. There's no physical contact, and I, I, I'm trying to uh, imagine who's more thrilled right now um, Notre Dame with their one or two sentence statement they put out about relinquishing their independence for a year or you giving up a day of vacation to uh, do an emergency podcast about a season that we may find out six days from now <laughs> might not happen but let's let's have fun with it because it is um, refreshingly um, positive I think to, to at least be able to talk about strictly football football schedules uh potential matchups and scenarios and so forth. Um, even if it's not under the most ideal circumstances. So, uh, no. I mean, it's, I mean, you're referring to my vacation, right? Not like <laughs> the world at large. Um, yeah. It's just, so Notre Dame adds North Carolina away, Syracuse at home, Florida state at home and Boston college at home. Come on, Phil Jacobic's waiver. Yep. And then they lose <laughs> Arkansas, Western Michigan, they already had lost USC, Stanford, and Wisconsin, and I think you and I are both in very strong agreement that Notre Dame would move a mountain to make sure Navy was its 11th game. I would think so. Um, that was my natural reaction. Um, I ran that by a few people there who said they don't know, and that's not to write it off. I think everyone's just kind of scrambling right now to figure out what's what. Um, Sports Illustrated reported that the SEC was leaning toward a conference-only model, but you know we'll see whether that actually happens. These things are, are so fluid and change so much day by day. Uh, although that would you know eliminate one potential opponent and difficult conversation for Notre Dame if Arkansas ends up playing an SEC-only schedule, and then you have it between Navy and Western Michigan. I know both schools, Notre Dame and Western Michigan, were, were going to talk uh, on Thursday about uh, basically – anything you know are, are we going to play are we not going to play how's this going to work i mean on one hand i think you know this is really easy these schools are really really close you probably don't have to move stuff as far as dates um and then on the other hand i think you look at the testing protocols and the opponent testing protocols that the acc put out today and i don't know if uh, a max school that has already had a number of substantial uh, financial ramifications as Western Michigan has so far would be the appropriate uh, opponent, you know, as, as the plus one, uh, assuming that goes through. So I, 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 it's easier for us to say than do, uh, but you've moved the Navy game from one country already. What is it to move it, you know, to a different part of one country to keep yeah, that where going? I mean, that's like, this is sort of low down my list of like, huh, this is a little bit odd, but like the idea that Notre Dame is not allowed to play Navy in Annapolis because there's no ACC school in Maryland, I think it's completely ridiculous. Um, like that, that game should be able to happen, whether it's in South Bend or Annapolis. There should not be any concern about testing protocols, because I mean it's the freaking U.S. Naval Academy. Um, so I don't. That was the one. Th- that, well, there were there's a bunch of things to unpack here, but that was one of those things where I just like the the fact that Notre Dame wasn't able to get that in the initial language. I thought 
was a mistake. Um, that that should have been an easy inclusion, and that's not to say that it couldn't pop up tomorrow um, or it could be by the weekend. But my understanding is that Navy's uh, administration in athletics was just like, "What? What? Like, what's happening?" Um, that they didn't they didn't get tipped off to this by Jack Swarbrick, and there hadn't been a conversation about it um, as of earlier tonight. So that as you know, Wednesday night we're recording at nine fifteen. Um, so that, I, that I thought was, was very odd because that, that should be an easy game to, to play, uh, from a protocol. And it doesn't matter if it's in Maryland or in South Bend, um, that, that, that should have no bearing on the, on the matchup. Well, as we all know, it, it, neither of us are in that state right now, but Indiana is a state in an ACC country right now, as defined by the rules yeah. that were put out I mean, by the league and scheduled. Mar- today, so. Maryland used to yeah. be, um, <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, so I just found that bizarre. Well, the communication standpoint, I mean, which has just been a hot mess, you know, in in the sport as a whole over the last four months. uh, That's something, especially in this specific instance, the ACC's, uh, that's interesting to me because, yeah, as recently as yesterday, Tuesday, uh, there were people in the ACC telling me, you know, we're not going to make recommendations to our president's for a specific schedule yep. model ahead of their board of governors meeting on Wednesday. And the ADs were not a part of that meeting today. Um, but I, I think if anything we learned today, uh, not just Notre Dame, not just the ACC, but college football as a whole, uh, the presidents call the shots here. And they are a different group, at least relative to the coaches and ADs that we see front and center in front of the cameras uh, talking about football-related matters week after week. And what they want and what they think is of the best interest for everyone isn't always what uh, all of us may think is the most important thing. So um, I, I think, you know, I spoke to a couple ACC football coaches today who found out the news the way we did. You know, they got an email a few minutes before it came out publicly. Um, the I'd love to know what happened behind the scenes that, that led to this model, um, some of the rules, like the, you know, the, the in-state one, as we mentioned, uh, you know, with Navy being caught off guard with, with not being able to play that game in Annapolis. Um, some of the schedules, I know at the heart of it, they were trying to regionalize this thing as much as possible to limit travel. Um, but you still have a situation where uh, I think Luke DeCock of the Raleigh News Observer said, thanks, John Swafford, as a parting shot to the triangle. None of you have to play Clemson this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have an instance where... Uh, Clemson is now playing – excuse me, Clemson is now going to host Boston College. They were supposed to go to Boston College in October. So they're – you know, they lose NC State. Um, so it's not as simple as we're going to keep our division opponents and just add two more to make it 10 or, or uh, – excuse me, three or four more. My math's terrible uh, – to make it 10. Notre Dame, however, kept their ACC schedule and locations or at least home and away right. locations – um, as they were originally scheduled, which I thought was interesting. I, I think you know, it's probably the easiest way to go. You're not – there's no easy way geographically to fit Notre Dame in here unless they play Louisville ten times, <laughs> um, which, hey, crazier things have happened. But uh, that, that was a, another – harder than it is. <laughs> that was another aspect to this that um, I found pretty in- interesting and, and was kind of buried in the lead there. Yeah, that's that's a very good point on the schedule. We'll get into more of Notre Dame's relationship with the ACC, what this might m- mean moving forward for the rest of this season and beyond in a minute. But we don't ask this for a lot or often, but if you could please give us a rating or review on iTunes, uh, tell us what you think of the show. Five stars appreciated. Um, and your honest thoughts about how the Shamrock's doing 
and where I can move it forward. Um, that would be great, man. Much appreciated by Matt and myself. So Matt is getting back into some of this ACC talk. I want to, I want to get into the, the future of, let's say there's a season, you know, fingers crossed for both of us here. A season is played. Notre Dame is in Charlotte, whether that's December 12th or December 19th, I think are the optional dates. Mm -hmm. They play Clemson. They beat Clemson. Where does Notre Dame display its ACC championship trophy inside the Goog? Can you light up Grace Hall number one? Now, I'll say this. It's funny you bring up that uh, a playoff-type trophy with Clemson because when you walk into their new indoor practice facility, and remember, we only got one practice uh, this past spring, uh, I remember I, I took an Instagram uh, picture of the Cotton Bowl, uh, whatever. They have a big setup. I, I want to say it's the ND logo and the Cotton Bowl made out of something, the Cotton Bowl logo. And I, I post on Instagram and I immediately get a DM from ACC Network analyst, former Clemson center, Eric McLean saying, oh my God, I can't believe ND is actually displaying that. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're still on the topic of what will they display if they beat or play or beat Clemson, that's a good question. I mean, do you just put like the year up, but like you only do that for national championships? Like I don't like this. Like this is the first time in 158 years they could even play for a conference championship. Like There's a lot that, of like we only celebrate national championships around here. Talk. Um, it's like UCLA doesn't hang up Final Four banners. Notre Dame won't hang up an ACC championship banner. It's be tough to walk that back. I, I think if they win the ACC championship, it's going to have to be like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark style and go into like this very large crate and like tucked in a museum of artifacts somewhere on Notre Dame's campus. I think you put in the Goog or somewhere on campus, you take the back-to-back Big Ten hockey championship banners and you put those next to the ACC football championship. And that gives you three straight years of conference championships from Power 5 leagues. What about Mike Bray style? Put it on the roof of your car (laughs) and then drive around Tobacco Row. I think you definitely have to buzz... You gotta go to Death Valley. Clemson. Go down the slide with it at Clemson. Yeah, go down the slide <laughs> with it. Maybe play a, a round of putt putt golf. Um, I think you you definitely would have to activate troll mode if you're Brian Kelly there. But it just, I mean, the idea of Notre Dame in a conference championship game is weird. Um, the idea of Notre Dame winning a conference championship game in some ways is even weirder to me. It just it's just hard for me to get my head around Notre Dame lifting up a trophy that doesn't signify a national championship trophy and. Keep in mind, I've been covering the scene for 20 years. I've never seen such an event. Uh, but I'm just saying, it would, it would be a little bit odd. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement, and there's no better place to get in all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in on all of the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. Win millions of dollars up for grabs this week. There is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. 
Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. The, that's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility rec- restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I, I feel like I saw some of this chatter on Twitter that essentially said, we're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids here, right? They just want to compete. They just want to win wherever they go. Say they do beat Clemson and win the ACC title. Um, like, they would celebrate that. And then, like, two totally nights... I'm down with that. that no, I, I don't mean it as a crit, but like or to then tell the next group of players the next year under a normal circumstance, like, cool, that was fun. It's championship <laughs> or bust this year. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you do lo- like Notre Dame loses a heartbreaker to Georgia in week three in a game they very easily could have won. And for all intents and purposes, like our conversations around the Notre Dame football program for the rest of the 2019 season are complete, like, the highest possibility, if you will, the only true carrot that's out there is gone. Like, we could talk about, you know, between the Georgia game and the Michigan game, oh, well, if they beat Michigan, if they go on 11-1, can they sneak in? But, like, they probably wouldn't. Um, Like, I just think it's another layer and another thing to shoot for um, within the confines of a, a normal season. And to your point, if they were to win it, to then take that away, um, that's an interesting one for me. Uh, that, that, that's Especially if Clemson were to stay on the schedule on that current date, November 7th. So you're talking about, you know, in a best-case scenario, right, assuming those two would be in it. Um, and I wouldn't rule out North Carolina or maybe a couple others, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, playing them twice in a month, like, <laughs> it's just so absurd that, like, bring it on, you know? Like, cool. Like, they've played twice in the last five years. One game was a game for the ages. The other was a game you can't forget quick enough if you're a Notre Dame fan. Like, who's to say what can and can't happen? No, I'm, I mean, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's amazing. You think they're, you're looking at, what, five, potentially six Clemson games in the course of seven or eight seasons um, if they played twice this year. I, You know, this is something I had tweeted out. I'll get your feeling on it. I mean, Notre Dame's schedule got easier by, quote-unquote, joining a conference, did it not? I mean, could you even argue the opposite? Did you say easier in the sense of less competitive or easier to put together? Uh, But in the competitive sense, it is an easier schedule by joining a conference than it was by playing Wisconsin, Stanford, and USC. Yes, because we're talking about what's been the worst Power 5 football conference of the last at least two years. Um, Yeah, I mean – and, like, these things are cyclical. Like, Clemson's still the best or one of the best programs in the country. But um, there's a reason we're talking about ACC championship game scenarios for Notre Dame because, frankly, if things play out the way, you know, they are as scheduled, it would be a disappointment if Notre Dame was not the second best team or better in the ACC yeah, in I 2020. Mean, what, both of these stats are indicative of what's coming for Notre Dame in the ACC. They're 14-1 and one the last three years against non-Clemson ACC teams. And they're 24-0 the last three-plus years against unranked teams. The ACC, if you're in the ACC, you're playing a lot of unranked teams and you're playing Clemson. Um, so, I mean, both of those would be indicative of Notre Dame. If they play 10 games, probably going 9-1. and one. Maybe they're going 8-2. and two. But, I mean, we've seen, you know, the, the coastal division where 
four and four or five and four, you know, depending on it's seven that, and seven pit 2018. <laughs> that makes it, I mean, that your, your championship caliber if, in the coastal, if you're, if you've lost three conference games, I, it's hard for me to see Notre Dame losing three conference games, uh, even though North Carolina will be good. I mean, the rest of the ads, Syracuse, Syracuse was allegedly very good two years ago when Notre Dame played them, and they got destroyed. By the way, they're replaying the uh, Notre Dame Classic coming up uh, yeah, for another website. It, it, yeah, that is, I think, the lead news item there. And then Florida State is in a major rebuild right now. Boston College, major rebuild right now. So it's, it, it's just not a schedule that you look at and think, wow, I can see some real traps. Other than, like, I think Louisville is, was a tricky game uh, as it rotated back on and will continue to be. But um, it's hard for me to look at Louisville, North Carolina, and Clemson and think that Notre Dame somehow is going to lose all three of those. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, if you're, you're comparing this, like, looking at just these opponents and not having uh, a New Mexico or a Western Michigan or a rebuilding Arkansas, like the, the non-conference portion, if you will. Uh, you know, you lose that, but everyone loses. Everyone in the ACC is losing that because they're not playing non-conference games other than a to-be-determined one. Uh, so I agree. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's going to have one of the best defenses in the country this year, and knowing Pat Narduzzi's track record there, uh, they'll beat Clemson or Notre Dame and then go like – you know, or I'd say six, six, five, and five, or five and six. Um, you know, they they they're just wildly inconsistent, but capable on any given day of springing an upset. They got to go to Clemson again this year. They're the last team to win at Clemson. It was the year Clemson won the national title in 2016. But no, I agree. I mean, I think North Carolina is like a legitimately tough game under normal circumstances. I mean, we saw that with Clemson last year. Uh, they're recruiting right now, which isn't exactly indicative of the 2020 season coming up, but it's just comically good right now um given you know how out of place they look there next to some of the other heavyweights they're swinging against um uh, but you know that's they've got a a rock star of a quarterback who did a whole lot of good things as a true freshman is only going to go up from here as is probably everyone on that roster um with another year of development under that coaching staff um i i would um I was on the Audible earlier, and they asked for my ACC championship game prediction. Uh, to go outside the box a little bit, I said North Carolina-Clemson because North Carolina doesn't have to play Clemson, and Notre Dame does, which gets to another uh, conversation point, which I think is uh, if everyone were to play the same number of league games and you're going by winning percentage here, um, not record, even though it would be the same if they're playing the same number of games, um, you know, the tiebreaker scenarios could be fascinating here because if you were to hypothetically pencil in a loss for Notre Dame in nine wins, uh, you know, say Clemson first plays at 10-0, Notre Dame's 9-1, but um, you know North Carolina's 9-1. You know, I'd be fascinated to see how that breaks out since we're not talking about just the champions of two divisions and throwing them in Charlotte. Right, yeah, I guess if, if North Carolina beat Clemson in that scenario, um, that, that would be pretty interesting. Um what is what are your thoughts on the the issue of, of Notre Dame sharing the NBC revenue? Because to me, that I felt like that was a bit of a sacred cow around here. Uh, that Notre Dame would be it would kind of like over my dead body type of situation. Like I was, I guess, a little bit surprised to see that in there. I thought that Notre Dame would sort of work around to to maybe give back a little bit more of the ACC revenue before they started giving the NBC revenue, even if even if there were, it was net neutral, um, what? How did that strike you when you when you read it? 
I think it's a, a splashier headline and splashier kind of reaction piece than it is, you know, day to day. What's the actual impact of this? Yeah. Um, speaking to people in the league, they've all said Notre Dame's been a really good partner here. Like going into this thing, you're thinking, all right, how's this going to work? Um, you've got 14 full members and one member that's got one foot in, one foot out. Are they going to want special treatment? Um, is that going to hold up, you know, negotiations and so forth? And by all accounts, Jack Swarbrick's been a very good team player um, and knew that there were probably going to have to be some concessions here from Notre Dame's standpoint to make this work. Um, as far as sharing the NBC revenue, obviously that's another piece that could have possibly complicated uh, matters in terms of TV and scheduling and so forth within the league. But you could do the math of this better than I can. They're making maybe $15 million a year off that thing. I mean, you split that evenly. That's $1 million extra per school. And I know you can't write off anything as nothing in this environment financially. Um, but it's not like the ACC is getting rich off Notre Dame here. In fact, if Notre Dame sharing equally with the other 14 teams, football teams as, as TV revenue, I mean, Notre Dame's the one that financially speaking, I know you've written a story on this and we've talked about this ad nauseum, independence is not about the money. But financially speaking, and I think everything's about the money amid a pandemic, uh, Notre Dame actually comes out of this thing, you know, better off uh, money-wise. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I agree. I, I think from a financial standpoint, it's it, it probably is neutral for Notre Dame um, in terms of how much money they're going to be making out media rights this season. I do, you know, and let's let's assume a season gets played because it's not really fun to imagine the alternative. You know, the idea that Notre Dame is in the ACC championship game, certainly from an exposure standpoint, um, even if it's a, a spiteful <laughs> appearance in the ACC championship game, it would be incredibly well watched. I mean, I, I can't think of another example in sports like it, um, that a team that was was sort of dragged kicking and screaming into a conference for one year, uh, won the conference, and then left uh, the next year. So that's significant. And then you know, assuming there are actual bowl games, if Notre Dame had this agreement with the Orange Bowl, they wouldn't have played in Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl last year. They would have been in the Orange Bowl. So that's, that is also significant um, because I, th- I think the idea of Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl last year, I think, was Virginia. Um, Virginia was in it, yeah. got blown out by Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was a good game. I was there. I mean, they lost. It was, they lost by eight. I mean, it was a good game. They were clearly like, inferior. What would, you, what would you rather watch? Virginia, Florida, or Notre Dame, Florida? Um, you know, I, I, that's not – that's a pretty easy decision. So, I mean, th- those two things are wins for Notre Dame. Um, and ultimately, the biggest win is you just had – you have a schedule to play, which they're – there's a path that this all could have gone down where Notre Dame was scheduling a home and home with BYU and New Mexico state and army. Um, in addition to a six ACC games and that, that didn't come to pass. So, and that there are a bunch of wins for Notre Dame, uh, in, in this whole scenario, but that doesn't mean there aren't losses as well. It's funny that that orange bowl scenario, cause I feel like last year specifically was like that rare odd number year where you got a 10 and two Notre Dame team. That's yeah. probably, New Year's Six Bowl caliber and clearly superior to everyone in the ACC, not named Clemson, but because they of beat, the... They beat Virginia. Right. Because of the way the bowl lineup shook out that year, they yeah. were a, a school without a home, so to speak. And, you know, we talked about this on podcasts. Like, there was a, a segment of the fan base, not a loud one, but, you know, a sizable one enough um, 
to, to warrant discussion of, hey, like this is why we need to join the ACC. And again, I think long-term that doesn't really add up, but last year would have been a positive example of that relationship benefiting Notre Dame. Said it's going to happen in 2020, which <laughs> picture like the end of last year's college football season. And all right, we're going into the 2020 calendar year. We're not going to have March Madness and Notre Dame's going to be in the ACC football championship game. Yeah, that uh, not it, to happen in between there. We we can sk- skip over all the other crap that's there's, ruined everything. But there's just a lot <laughs> to process in this whole thing. Yeah, uh, I don't. What, was there anything else that that really struck you about this arrangement with Notre Dame? I, I mean, I think we sort of hit all the high points. But I mean, I, I guess if you're if you're Notre Dame, you probably feel okay with it. Like like that you can you can live you can play a schedule here. Uh, you know, I thought Notre Dame's statement, I don't want to like read too much into statements or what's on social media, but Notre Dame's statement was very much like, yes, we are fine with this. Thank you. We look forward to future opportunities. I mean, it's, I, I can read the two sentences. I don't think it's going to take up too much time. We're excited about the opportunity the ACC has provided for our football program. We look forward to announcing our full schedule in the near future. Um, I mean, it kind of – it. It reads like an automated response. It reads like the text we get from some people. Yeah, or an out-of-office reply. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure Notre Dame is not thrilled with this, but I think that they could probably exist with it, right? Sports are back. Save 40%. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to the Athletics' exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. For me, our EPL coverage was absolutely perfect. I'm a big Liverpool supporter, and what James Pierce and Simon Hughes put together over the last couple months has been outstanding. You're going to see the same level of quality from our college football team. So don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now and see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the shamrock, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com slash the shamrock for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. I mean, it's one of those complete hypotheticals where like, I wish like school's in session and we could go on campus and interview players and coaches and just get like a normal vibe uh, and reaction to this landmark kind of decision. But the reality of the matter is this is happening because none of those um, situations are in place or normal right now. So we can't. And so this is what we're left with. And um, I thought it was telling and most likely accurate when Brian Kelly told you a couple weeks ago, hey, we're not worried about schedules. Our phone's ringing off the hook. We'll be fine. Um, I'm sure that's true. I'm also sure that uh, having 10 teams from one league playing under one set of rules, both testing and and conference-wise, just eliminates so much stress and anxiety of, well, can Navy play? Can Arkansas play? Can Western, you know, whatever it is. Can Alabama and the SEC play non-conference? If we schedule Alabama, which, um, you know, they they may have dodged Alabama and Oprah. They might get Clemson twice instead. but (laughs) And then maybe they can beat them both in the playoff. Who knows? But um, just a big – it's a good prep for, what, 2022, right, where I think they get – 
Wisconsin, Clemson, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it does it does make you look at that our phones ringing off the hook with scheduling quote from Brian Kelly and think like, hmm, you know, maybe Notre Dame could have gone in a, in a different direction with this, right? Because if your phone is ringing off the hook, if you're so in demand, I'm not sure if North Carolina, Syracuse, Florida State, and Boston College are the teams that you would have in mind to, to add your schedule. I agree um, from a competitive standpoint. I feel like your, your point of like, well, the logistics of it are a complete nightmare right now. So Every other week you'd have to monitor, is this conference doing this? Can we afford testing for this? Um, and these are all Power 5 opponents. Not all of them may be great Power 5 opponents, but they're Power 5 opponents, um, which is, you know, I don't want to say all you can ask for at this standpoint, but I think concessions are being made all around here and yeah, already I mean, made out okay from the schedule standpoint. Getting the kickoff. Um, I mean, that that would be a win at this point. Well, I, I, do you have much of a sense, and I, I haven't really got much clarity on this, and I, I don't know if there is much clarity to have on it. We talked about Navy at the top of the show. Like, It sounds like there's no way that game gets played on Labor Day weekend. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a, a weekend where it could get played right now. You know, is that, is that a game that goes to Thanksgiving weekend? I, I'm not really sure. Well, it's a ridge. It's down for what, September 5th or 6th, I believe, right. right? Saturday or Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And the, well, the ACC's announcement said but the opening week will be between September 7th and 12th. So hypothetically, Labor Day night for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. And yeah. would be second of three years in a row because they're playing Florida State on Labor. Or no, or did they move that to Sunday or Monday? I know we're going to have ourselves. They moved it from Monday to Sunday. Okay, there we go. So they can move this one from Sunday to Monday. Um hypothetically, if they can get them to get to South Bend. Uh, I, I think, I actually think that might be more of a blow to the more traditional type Notre Dame people out there, if you will. Um, playing in a conference title game versus not playing Navy, I think giving up Navy would be a tougher thing to swallow for I agree. most Notre Dame fans. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that is very tricky. And I, 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 you know, as a non-fan, as you know, someone who is very familiar with the program, I, I that would be the, like, I, I am all about that rivalry. I get it. I love it. It may be cheesy to some people. I don't care. Like, that game needs to always be played. I don't care. Well, and especially after losing USC, Stanford, um, you know, Wisconsin's not a rivalry game, but that's a marquee game. Like, you, you want some some certainty in your schedule, some sort of anchor to hold on to, um, no pun intended, that you could feel like, hey, this is a Notre Dame schedule. There, there's something that I recognize on this because 10 ACC games, like, you know, games against North Carolina and Syracuse don't move the needle really for anybody. Um, you know, in the, the coaching staff might breathe a sigh of relief. No, I, I agree. <laughs> man. I mean, if, if you're Notre Dame, it was funny, I was talking to a former Notre Dame assistant about how, that one of the smartest things Notre Dame ever did was get Michigan off the schedule um, because it just there there wasn't a payoff for it in the end. Um, it was it made the schedule too difficult when USC was good and Stanford was really good um, to have that those level of games. Certainly, I mean this. It's I, I feel like this is the easiest Notre Dame schedule I can remember in some time um, where you really only have one marquee game remaining uh, in. In Clemson, and you could certainly get Clemson a second time. But even even though there are no Group of Five teams on here, um, you know, there's no there's no Miami of Ohio, there's no Western Michigan, etc. I think this is probably as easy as a Notre Dame schedule as I can remember. 
I might and, put last. I might put last year's up with it. Well, I mean, last year's was was difficult, or, or I'm, I take a last year's was easy, but it had at Georgia at Michigan on it, which I would take over Clemson twice in that hypothetical. Like two okay. two spread over thirteen games versus this yeah. one, or these two spread over ten or eleven. I no, mean. I, I'm splitting hairs, but yeah, I would feel the same way. It's just hard to. You work. had weeks off last week, yeah. or just, last week, last year. Yeah, it's just like the Clemson ACC championship game is such a foreign concept to me. It's hard for me to like bake that into the schedule, probably the way that Georgia and Alabama uh, people do. That like we're going to play a 13th game. And it, what, okay. what if Clemson doesn't make it? What if Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and that whole roster says, "Screw it, we're off to the NFL." Farley from uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to play this. I mean, that oh, man, what a buzzkill. That would be, and it's, it's would it? Their I, name has a better chance for the ACC title then. Yeah, I mean, if the goal is to just troll people, which for the sake of this podcast, like let's just do it. Um, <laughs> their name winning the ACC, like that would be like one more reason for everyone to hate them, right? Like you couldn't okay. even win it under normal circumstances. You had to wait for the best team to quit. Still could say you know you have still never played a thirteenth game. Um, so I mean, that, you'd have that element as well. I don't know. There's just God, I, I just re- really want to cover a college football season this fall. Um, today, you know, our producer John Hayes and I were talking about this. Like, it was just nice to, even though I, even though I was on vacation, um, it was nice to have a football story happen. Uh, something that makes you think that there might be a season this fall. So, if there is, I love the intrigue of Notre Dame's schedule. I mean, how they got to this point—a little bit awkward. Um, I think that it probably would make Notre Dame want to be independent more than less. Um, despite what Tim Brando might have to tweet about that, but I just—it was just nice to to talk about college football for a day. I was actually going to cite Tim Brando's tweet, which I believe went up as we were recording this. Uh, but well, uh, you can find that for yourselves. We'll have him on the pod another day, especially if we have a lot of time we need to kill this fall. Two two bye weeks, by the way. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I. It's funny you say that because I, I had the same reaction as far as like, oh, it's, it's like refreshing to be stressed about like a football story and not like, all right, what are we not going to do today? Um, and every coach in the league I talked to's reaction was, let's go, game on. Like, we got a schedule. Let's go. Like, they're just, you know, very rarely will I ever, you know, uh, wax poetic for, for college football coaches given you know, the, the salaries and the influence they have over such a large organization. But, you know, in a case like this, where they don't get to call any of the shots and they've got to keep 85, 18 to 22 year olds um, in game shape, more or less for a season that may or may not happen and may or may not get moved. Um, the uncertainty is absolutely killing them. And for them to get a schedule today, especially after yesterday, when, when myself and others had reported the ACC is not looking to make a decision until next week. Uh, the reaction I got then was like, Christ, what are we waiting for? We, we've got camp August 7th. Like, we need an answer. Um, and so the fact that they got that answer today, um, I think, was a huge sigh of relief. It was, hey, that's one step closer to playing football. Um, you know, we can worry about the competitive balance aspect of who gets Clemson, who gets Notre Dame, and this and that, you know, as we get to it. But that will be a welcome stress relative to everything else we've had to deal with so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that in, in some ways it reminds me a little bit of when Notre Dame uh, announced that it was returning for school, which is in about, I think, two and a half weeks now, um, that it gave you a target to shoot for. Uh, and, like, for for so much of the last four and a half months, you're sitting there thinking, like, what's going to happen next? There's no 
there was no direction about where everything was going. Now, at least you, you have something to shoot for. And that, uh, that's exciting to, to sit here and talk about football for a minute. Yes. And, and not pull you from vacation to do it. <laughs> I know. Well, on that note, I'm, I think I'm going to try to return to my vacation uh, for a whopping one and a half more days before uh, getting back to South Bend for good. And hopefully training camp will be just around the corner. And uh, I don't I don't know if we'll ever be in the room with Brian Kelly this year or any players this year. I'm guessing probably not. But um, I am looking forward to your uh, your tweet barrage of heights and weight changes from last year, especially considering no one actually had a normal workout in the last six months. Yeah. What does it all mean? Um, yeah, that, that would be the, that would be the ultimate and may be the limit of my, thank God football is back when I'm, you're not going to ask Brian Kelly who jumped out at you in the first yeah, like, uh, is, workout you're allowed to see. And pounds heavier than he was at this time last year. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, uh, hopefully we'll have some football stuff coming down the pipe. It, uh, we're, we're long overdue. We're starved for some some actual real football here. But uh, the the Wednesday news of the ACC schedule with Notre Dame as a, a full member, at least for a year, was good stuff to talk about. So, Matt, unless you have any parting thoughts here on uh, Notre Dame's one-year and hopefully one-year-only membership in the ACC, I think it, it might be time to wrap up this emergency. No, I, I think it's the fact we – this was our first emergency podcast, and it wasn't because someone got fired or something terrible happened. Um, like that's a, it was a positive emergency podcast. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm as happy as one can be amid a pandemic right now, as far as uh, covering college football. Also, shout out Regis Philbin. There was no bigger Notre Dame fan than that man. I've heard some pretty funny stories over the last few days from some former players who interacted with him. Um, it's also getting buried at Notre Dame's campus this week. Um, just like literally uh, growing up, at least always hearing him talk about it in New York on TV. Like that's when I think of Notre Dame for better or worse, I think of that man. And, and um, I think that's a testament to his love for the place. So yeah, I guess never so. met him, but we'll, we'll shout out to Joe Kernan as well. Former yes. uh, Indiana governor, Notre Dame baseball player also uh, worked out at the gym that I used to go to when gyms were open, safe to attend. Um, super nice guy, uh, very much a man of the people in public service, which is refreshing in this day and age. So uh, until our next podcast, um, where hopefully we'll talk about more football and not about football being taken away from us. I'm Pete Sampson. He's Matt Fortuna. You've been listening to this emergency edition of The Shamrock. Thanks for being with us.